piece of paper and a pen. <laughs> These are two things we actually used in school before everything became digital. I remember when I was in middle school, or, or maybe it was high school, I was given you know, a piece of paper and a pen like this, and I was asked to write the story of my life. Uh, this was a hopes and dreams kind of assignment. Uh, we were asked to imagine what our life would be like when we were old, like 40. <laughs> I mean, we were supposed to, uh, we were supposed to answer certain questions like, where do you see your life going? What do you hope to accomplish by then? Who do you want to be? What do you want to do? Where do you want to live? Stuff like that. So we had to write out what we thought our future would look like and then present it. I think this was part of our language arts class. And I'll be honest with you, I did not hate this assignment. It was kind of fun to think about what could be and hear other people talk about what they hoped for in their future selves. <laughs> and again, I can't be certain, but I am confident that while everyone's story was different in the details, they were all somewhat similar in the fact that their future selves would have well-paying, interesting careers and everybody was going to live in nice homes with attractive partners. <laughs> For me though, I, I was a hardcore runner at the time, so I wrote that by 40, I would have competed in at least 10 different marathons in different parts of the country. And I truly believed that would be something that I would do. In fact, I was absolutely certain of it. So let me tell you what I did not write down. I did not write, by the time I am 40, I will have an ACL reconstruction in the right knee and significant cartilage damage in the left knee, making it impossible to competitively run again. Yeah, I, I did not see that in my future, but that turned out to be my reality. The same was true of my classmates. No one wrote things like, by 40, I will be divorced twice, unemployed, chain smoke, and have an addiction to alcohol. <laughs> you don't dream that kind of stuff for yourself. So it, it was an enjoyable assignment, but I was terrible at guessing where my life would go and what my life would be like and that is because exercises like this, they do not take into account that we cannot control most of what happens to us. We like to think we can. We like to think that we can be strategic and plan and set goals, but at the end of the day, so much of what happens is simply beyond our control. So this year at Bethlehem, our theme has been momentum, as we focus on how the unique story of our faith moves us. It creates momentum to shape and form us to live more connected to God and others. And to help organize this theme, we've developed a number of different topics that our biblical stories address. And this week, we move into our last topic for the program here, embracing transitions. Yeah, in fact, so much of the biblical story is about transitions in life that we all go through, uh, most of which we do not choose for ourselves and many of which we simply don't want. 
So again, biblical story-wise, uh, as an example of this, in the Old Testament, Israel's story is one transition after another. Israel migrates to Egypt because of a famine, where they become slaves only to be free to wander through the desert to eventually put down roots, build a community, and develop a kingdom that is then destroyed multiple times by different enemies. I mean, it's this story of continuous change that the average person can do nothing to influence, which reminds me why transitions can be so hard for us. I, mean, I hate feeling helpless. I hate that by my best efforts, I cannot change some aspects of my life. And most major transitions in life, they come to us whether we are ready or not. So, so again, think about this. I mean, life does not ask you if you are financially ready to get laid off or if you have access to, uh, to good medical care before getting a major concussion. Life does not care if you are emotionally ready to have a child with chronic health conditions or if you are a student, life does not care if you are bullied in school. Life does not slow down to let you work through your divorce. Life does not ask if you are okay with getting cancer, and life surely doesn't care if you die before you have done all that you wanted to do. I mean, no one hopes for these things. No one writes them into their life stories, and yet these unwelcome major disruptions come to us, and they lead to significant transitions in life. In my experience, many people cope with unwelcome transitions by either looking back to the past or forward to the future. So again, to use a biblical example, when the people of Israel were freed from Egypt and encountered the harshness of the wilderness, they looked back to the past and thought about how life really wasn't so bad back in Egypt as slaves because, well, at least they weren't hungry. Or, or, you know, they kept telling themselves how much life would be better when they entered the promised land that God was leading them to. So coping with life by trying to recreate the past or live into the future is, is uniquely human. And again, some more examples just to help flesh this out a bit. So, so I see this quite a bit. In fact, I did this too. So when new parents can't stand the incessant crying of their infant, they begin to say things like, oh, I cannot wait until she can talk. Yes, life will be so much better in the future when, when she can do that and actually tell us what she wants. Then, then I'll be so much happier. <laughs> but then she starts to talk. And as a teenager, she talks very well, and she uses her words to tell you that you are the stupidest, most horrible parent on the face of the planet. And you begin to think, Oh, if only you were sweet like you used to be when you were little. Oh, I would be so much happier if life could be like that again. So I want you to think about this. How often do you use past or future tense language to deal with life? I wish things were like they used to be when my spouse was still alive. Those were the best years of my life. How do I recreate that? Or, well, when I make more money, then I can take a break and spend time with you. I'm just really busy right now. Please leave me alone. Things will get better soon, I promise. 
Yeah, I don't think this is uh, how God intends us to live as God's good creation. And the biblical story speaks of another way to deal with life's transitions. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. In our focus text today, the author speaks of the seasons of life, that there is a time for everything. And what it means to be human is that you will experience the fullness of all of these seasons, everything from birth to death, from building and losing a career, from joy to sorrow, and so much more. But, but here's the thing. You don't get to choose the timing of these seasons. And the advice that the author gives in Ecclesiastes is that instead of avoiding the hard seasons of life by looking to the past or looking to the future, simply embrace the present moment. This wisdom tradition says that wholeness and healing in life come when we're able to thank God while celebrating the joy and leaning into the hardships that each day brings. Because regardless of what season you are in, God is fully present. In each transition in life, both wanted and unwanted, God is there and calls us to embrace our present circumstances, to walk with each other, to support each other, and to grieve with each other, and to celebrate with each other. I mean, this is how Jesus ministered to the communities that he visited, and it's what he taught his disciples to do. So hear the good news today. Life ebbs and flows. It is full of change and transition. We do not stay the same. Nothing stays the same. The seasons of life come and go without our permission. What you thought your life would be is not going to be what it is. But in all of this, in whatever season that you find yourself, God walks with you and calls us to walk with each other by being fully present today. This is the good news that we hear. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. As a way of taking our focus text today, as well as the reflection on that text, just a bit deeper and applying that more directly to your personal lives, here are two reflection questions to help you do that. Question number one, do you catch yourself living in the past or looking to the future as a way of coping with life's tough transitions? And number two, what season of life do you find yourself in right now? How would you describe it? And, and do you find it difficult to be fully present to yourself and others in this season? Mm -hmm.